Hey friends, welcome back to the journal feed. My name is Nick Zelt, and this is the only place to get spoon-fed the latest and greatest of emergency medicine. Here, we're trying to make keeping up with the literature as easy as possible, and so we're spoon-feeding you all of the latest research. Now let's take a snapshot of everything that we covered from this past week. First, we saw that it's full speed ahead for the FAST exam. After that, there was nails on fire. No, literally, nails on fire. Third, the final say on vitamin C in the critically ill, maybe. Fourth, does NOAC mean no TPA? And then finally, if it doesn't bleed, you can't trust it, which means you can't trust computers. If you are hearing this right now, then you are not currently a Journal Feed subscriber, and so will not be receiving the full Journal Feed podcast, only receiving a portion of the past week's articles. Don't worry, though, I always pick my favorites. If you would like to get full access to both the podcast and the blog, then you can become a Journal Feed member. All the details for that are at our website at journalfeed.org. Remember, though, that we don't ever want money to be a barrier to patient care. So if you're having any trouble affording a subscription, please get in touch. We'll help you out. This is the audio version of the past week summaries, which this week were brought to you by our authors, the grateful Aaron Lacey, Sam Parnell, Jonathan Brewer, Seth Walsh-Blackmore, and Clay Smith. All right, so here's the first article titled, Ultrasound is Superior to Supine Chest X-Ray for the Diagnosis of Clinically Relevant Traumatic Pneumothorax of the Journal of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery. All right, journal feeders, we're skipping all the way to the third article. The first one and the second one, I mean, the second one was definitely the most fun, but I'm trying to favor articles that are going to be the most clinically relevant. So here we are. The third article titled IV Vitamin C in Critically Ill Patients, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis out of the Journal of Critical Care Medicine. This is the fifth time, sixth time we've covered IV vitamin C articles. And what a change this one's actually going to be, because this one is positive. Now, I've been openly skeptical about this before, but in theory, vitamin C could act to reduce oxidative stress and perhaps even be a benefit in critically ill patients. This trial was a systematic review and meta-analysis of 15 trials. 12 were about sepsis, and 3 were about not septic critically ill patients, and they totaled about 2,500 patients. High-dose IV vitamin C actually showed a statistically significant decrease in mortality as a risk ratio of 0.7 with a p-value of 0.03, but only when you were comparing it to low-dose IV vitamin C. If you compared to placebo, either high and low-dose, then there was no significant decrease in mortality. It was decreased, but it wasn't significant. So studies of IV vitamin C cocktails have so far largely been pretty underwhelming. But this time, it's not a cocktail, it's actually IV vitamin C monotherapy, which I'll add is safe. None of the trials reported any increase in adverse events associated with vitamin C. Now, don't get me wrong, I'd love for vitamin C to work as much as anybody, but my skepticism meter here is dialed to 11 on this one. Not all the trials included were of high quality. A fair amount were not double-blinded. Also, the significant effect wasn't over placebo, it was over lower dose of the same drug. So if low dose was harmful, or if, and then high dose was good, this would be good, because it would be a positive drug, but if low dose is just harmful and it's not better than placebo, then you're not really getting anywhere, so it's hard to say, or it's just noise in the data. I, again, hard to say. I, we need more data to really figure out who, if any, of these patients are being benefited from this. Also, this is me being nitpicky, but the authors like to call the non-significant decrease in mortality when comparing vitamin C to placebo to be a trend. 
Now, anything with a p-value as high as 0.2 would have been considered a trend to them. That's a lot. So a trend implies, to me at least, movement or change. It's like a vector. It implies directionality. I don't like this to be used for non-significant results. These results are just one point. They can be hypothesis generating, but that's not a trend. That's not going anywhere. That's not progressing towards significance. This, I mean, this is, this is clearly spin. Using words that sound positive, but probably aren't very accurate. I'm going to be very cautious with these findings. In a spoonful, high-dose IV vitamin C as monotherapy appears to give a mortality benefit for critically ill patients as seen in this meta-analysis. Then we have the fourth article titled Association of Recent Use of Non-Vitamin K Antagonist Oral Anticoagulants with Intracranial Hemorrhage Among Patients with Acute Ischemic Stroke Treated with Alteplase out of the JAMA. Many anticoagulation guidelines currently recommend Nomex. But current AHA guidelines recommend against giving TPA to patients with acute strokes if they've taken a NOAC within the last 48 hours. Unless, of course, their 10A levels are normal and all of their coagulation factors are also normal. But time is brain. We don't necessarily have time to be running all these tests, which begs the question, should we really need to avoid TPA in these patients? This study was a retrospective cohort of patients treated with IV alteplase within four and a half hours of symptom onset recorded in a stroke registry. They had 160,000 patients with no prior anticoagulation to compare it to 2,200 patients who had taken a NOAC within the last week. And then they analyzed the rates of intracranial bleeds within 36 hours of receiving alteplase. Now, the unadjusted rates of intracranial hemorrhage were between 3 and 4%. After adjusting for NIHSS scores and baseline factors, there was no significant difference between the two groups. There was no change in the secondary outcomes of life-threatening hemorrhage or mortality either. Now, this might be retrospective, but it is a large registry trial, which is great because this is an important question. The strongest weakness of this whole trial, though, is not knowing exactly when the patients actually took the NOAC. Taking it a week ago is not the same as taking it yesterday or that morning. The guideline cutoff is 48 hours, so we can't really validate or refute that based on this data, certainly not confidently. None of this will matter, of course, if we move away from TPA for treating strokes, but for the time being, many are still doing so. I guess you'll still just have to keep sending off those factor 10A levels as part of your stroke workup. In a spoonful, there was no significant difference in the rates of intracranial hemorrhage seen in patients receiving TPA for acute stroke who received a NOAC sometime in the last week. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap up. It's hard to believe, but high-dose IV vitamin C might actually benefit critically ill patient mortality. I won't be holding my breath, though. Fourth, a large registry-based study suggests the safety of giving TPA to patients on NOACs, but couldn't clarify when exactly they'd taken them within the last week, so there's definitely still more to this question. Links to all the articles summarized can be found at journalfeed.org. The newsletter is going to be your best way to make the podcast into kind of a bite-sized nugget of spaced repetition so that you best remember all of this new literature. If you're feeling some FOMO, come over, join us in the members feed. Details for that are at journalfeed.org. Our goal here is to provide better patient care through spoon feeding. And so we're helping you keep up with the latest research, one spoonful at a time. Thank you.